Shabbat Shalom. So we are uh, coming into the season of Hanukkah, one of the most exciting times of the year. And uh, I just hope that God will move in a powerful way and bless each and every one of our families, those around the world that are entering into this very holy season of dedication. So I'm going to pick up from last week. So this really is part two of why Hanukkah was important to Jesus and thus should be to you. I'm going to start with our chair passage. This is the passage that references Hanukkah in the New Testament. That's right. John chapter 10, verses 22 through 23 states, Now Hanukkah was taking place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking around in the temple inside the open porch of Solomon. Now, if you haven't had a chance to listen to part one, you need to do that. And so, you know, part two is not going to answer all the questions because we did that last week and we're picking up. So I encourage you to go back and listen to part one. We're going to also uh, talk a lot more about Hanukkah as we come into this season. So these are kind of big intros to uh, what Hanukkah is all about. And so just keep in mind, there's a lot of material here. And so I expect that, th that you're going to have a number of questions related to this. In fact, I encourage you to write down some questions, even as I'm teaching, because we're going to have a question and answer time on the heels of this uh, sermon. So uh, again, Hanukkah was taking place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking around in the temple inside the porch of Solomon. Hanukkah is an eight-day festival that memorializes the initial fulfillment of the prophecies that were given to Daniel in chapter 8 through 11 of his book. And they were recorded in terms of their fulfillment in the book of the Maccabees. The word Hanukkah specifically refers to the event in which the Jewish people take back, by the grace of God, their liberties, their cities and land, their temple, from pagans who had defiled and destroyed it. And in deep gratitude to God, they cleansed the temple and rededicated it and their lives to serving God with all their hearts, with all their minds, and with all their strength. This dedication of the temple, of their lives to the living God, this dedication led to an eight-day festival marked with food and drink and fellowship and worship. The eight days of Hanukkah. It also became known as the festival of light. Light is the very symbol of God. And this became one of the main symbols of this eight-day celebration of Hanukkah. In fact, it became known also as the festival of light. So in the first century, the whole city of Jerusalem was aglow. They lit Hanukkahs. They were eight-branched menorahs in their homes, in the temple. The whole city was aglow as they celebrated what they now called the Festival of Light. The big question, of course, is why did Jesus attend this event at the temple in Jerusalem? Was it just a coincidence that he would be there during Hanukkah, which also was known as the Festival of Light? Or did he have a purpose in mind for attending? Coincidence? or purpose, right? Today we're going to take a closer look at why this festival was so important to Jesus, and thus it should be to you and I 
his followers. So let's begin again with the text in the New Testament that specifically addresses Hanukkah. Now keep in mind, Hanukkah means dedication. It's about dedicating, you know, the land, dedicating the temple, dedicating their lives back to the living God. It also became known as the Festival of Light because they used as the symbol of this festival the Hanukkah, the light itself. So when you hear the word Hanukkah and Festival of Light, it's the same festival. John 10, 22 through 23. Now Hanukkah was taking place in Jerusalem. It was winter and Jesus was walking around in the temple inside the, por- the open porch of Solomon. So why is Jesus there? Why is he in Jerusalem, in the temple, during this festival? Is it just a coincidence? Is he walking around in the temple saying, oh yeah, for God, huh, it's Hanukkah. Or was he there on purpose during the festival of Hanukkah? Keep in mind that by the first century, this festival also was known as the festival of light. Again, light is the main symbol of the festival. And light, what does it symbolize? God, from the most ancient of times, Light symbolized God's presence among his people. If you remember in the temple, there was a huge golden menorah that was put up. It was lit continually. It was always lit. And this menorah that gave light in the temple, it was a reminder that God was present with his people. Light was the very symbol that reminded all of us, our ancestors, that God was present with us. The Jewish people added a branch to that menorah for the celebration of the week of Hanukkah. In fact, that menorah is called the Hanukkah. It has eight branches. The one in the temple has seven. Why eight? Because it was an eight-day celebration. This symbolized the eight days of Hanukkah in memorial to God's faithfulness in delivering his people from their oppressors, from their persecutors, from those who would take away their rights to worship according to their conscience, their living God. So let me back up a little bit, and let's talk a a little bit more about light as a metaphor, not only for God, not only a symbol for God, but a, a metaphor for revelation. So when you think of light, typically, what do you think of? This whole idea of light. Let me give you an an analogy, so to speak. If you came into a dark room, you would not know what was in the room until you turned on the light. And once you turned on the light, what is in the dark is now revealed. You would now see in the room everything that can be seen. So light reveals what's in the darkness, what is hidden, which cannot be seen. That's what light does. This is very important for us to understand. Light in the Hebraic mindset, when we begin to deal with the scriptures, it functions as a metaphor for that which is in the darkness, spiritually speaking. Those things that are related to our lives spiritually, those things that are all around us spiritually, 
those things that are hidden from us spiritually. Well, spiritual light opens all that up. It's spiritual light that begins to help us to understand what's all around us. So that which is hidden is now revealed. I'm going to give you a passage. It's Psalm 36 and 9. It states this. In your light, speaking of God, in your light, we see light. Now, that doesn't make a lot of sense on the surface, does it? In your light, we see light. What is that in reference to? Long before the time of Jesus, light was a symbol of God's presence. I just referenced the temple menorah. But it also functioned as a metaphor for spiritual illumination and revelation. So the Jewish sages understood this light of God to be revelatory, to be glorious, to be that which brings understanding in the realm of spiritual truths. It also became associated with the Messiah. So let me just read to you from two ancient commentaries about light, the light of God specifically, being associated with the Messiah. In your study notes, the weekly study notes, I have a reference to these Jewish commentaries. You can look them up if you'd like. But the first one is a commentary on Isaiah 60, and it identifies the Messiah even before the creation. Again, you can find these references in the weekly study guide. Quote, this is Messiah's light. In order to teach you that the eternal saw Messiah's generation and his avodah, or service, before creation and hid him away under his throne of glory. Satan asked him, Lord of the universe, this light that is under your throne of glory, who is it for? The eternal answered, it is reserved for he that will crush you. Obviously, the Messiah. Now, let me read uh, another commentary uh, that relates to this and then return to these, this first commentator. Quote, Which is the light that comes down over the congregation? Eternal. It is Messiah's light. And this light is Messiah. As it is written, In your light we see light. Did you catch that? The light of God, the light of the presence of the Almighty is in fact the light of Messiah. And the reference is Psalm 36. This Jewish sage quotes Psalm 36. In your light, we see light. With this in mind, one could paraphrase Psalm 36, 9, as follows. In your Messiah, we receive revelation. In your light, we see light. If light is associated with Messiah, then we could read that as, in your Messiah, we receive revelation. 
in Messiah, we are illuminated. Thus, even in ancient times, Messiah was inextricably connected with the light and the revelation of God. So let's move into the scriptures now. Let's look at Jesus as the light and revelation of God. Turn with me to John chapter 1. We'll begin to make our way down. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through Him, and apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. Verses 4 through 5. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. The Word of God, which was in the beginning with God and was God, is in fact described as light. Not, not a light, but the light. The essential, eternal light of God. The Word is the light of the living God, the glory of the living God. And this light shines in the darkness and the darkness doesn't understand it. Six through eight. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. Verse nine. There was the true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. This is fascinating when you think about it. That the word which becomes flesh, which is called Yeshua, Jesus. He is the light of God. He's the true light. He comes and lights up the hearts of everyone. What that means is he comes and he gives revelation. He opens up people's understandings. The light goes on, so to speak, as it comes when it comes to understanding who God is. That was his job. That was his mission to come and open up the hearts and minds of everyone that they would see the living God, that they would put their trust in his son and be saved. Jesus is the light of God. He was in the world, verse 10. And the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Verse 14, And the word, the light of God, became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory. Glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified about him and cried out, saying, This is he of whom I said, He who comes after me has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. For of his fullness we have all received, grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. Verse 18, no one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained 
Him. The light of God reveals who God is. The light of God illuminates our understanding so that we can understand who God is. It says here in this passage that it's the Son of God, the light of God, that comes to explain who the Father is. In fact, in the Greek, this word explained means to reveal, to make known that which is hidden. Jesus came to make known to us who our Father in heaven is. That's why he's called the light of God. So Jesus identifies as the light and revelation of God and the light and revelation of God to this world. Let's jump into John chapter 8 and verse 12. All of this is related, of course, to the festival of light. All of this is going to tie together and help us to understand why Jesus was down in Jerusalem in the temple during the festival of Hanukkah, or rather the festival of light and revelation. John 8, 12. Then Jesus spoke, or, I'm sorry, let me back up. Then Jesus again spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus, he identifies in his own person. He views himself. He understands who he is. He's the light of the world. That's who he was. That's how he viewed himself. He said, follow me. Why walk in the darkness when you can walk in the light? And in that light is the life that everyone desires. Jesus was self-aware of who he was and is. The light of God, he came to reveal our Father to all who would receive. He's the illuminator. He's the life giver. This is the backdrop to the festival of Hanukkah and how it connects with who Jesus is. Fast forward, John 10. Let's pick it up again. Verse 22. Now Hanukkah was taking place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking around in the temple inside of the porch of Solomon. The Jews then gathered around him and were saying to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ... Tell us plainly. Here he is in the temple. We don't know if it's morning, afternoon, or evening. I would like to think it's evening. That's speculation, I admit, but it's good. It's good speculation. So if you could picture that for a moment. In the temple area, they had four giant menorahs. They used ladders to climb up in order to light the menorahs in the temple area. And of course, there were other lights all around the temple as well. The temple was lit up and was, it was almost like daytime, even at night, because of so much light in the temple area. Could you imagine being there? And here's Jesus, on purpose, full of anticipation, in the Festival of Light. And they gather around him. And what is it that they're saying? 
They're saying, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Obviously, he's been hiding that. He's been, he's been coy about who he is. They've asked him over and over and over repeatedly to declare who he is. He's insinuated, he's implied many things. Some have already thought that he might be Elijah, the prophet. Others, maybe even the Messiah. But he just hasn't spoken plainly. In a sense, it's still hidden. It has not been revealed. And here he is during the festival of light, the festival of revelation, the festival of God revealing to his people spiritual truths. There and then is where they press him. Tell us plainly. Quit playing around. No more hide and seek. Who are you? Are you the Christ? Yes or no? That would be sufficient. Just answer the question, right? Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name, these testify of me, but you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give eternal life to them, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. And then in verse 30, he turns on the light. It's in verse 30 that the light shines into this area that's hidden. He says this, I and the Father are one. In the next verse, it says that they picked up stones and sought to kill him on the spot. Why? Because of what he just revealed. It's what he just stated that shook them to their very core. In that statement, I and the Father are one, is a revelation that goes far beyond being the Messiah. It, it's, like, it's like a full step above being the Messiah. In essence, what he's saying is, I've already told you plainly and you don't get it. I've already made it clear I am the Messiah. But here's a revelation for you during the festival of revelation. I and the Father are one. And, and what he's saying is, in essence, in essence and nature, I am one with the Father, which means I am God. That's why they, they said, uh, or the angel said, they shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. Because the Mashiach was more than a man. The Mashiach was God himself. And Jesus is saying, I'm not just a Messiah like King David was a Messiah or any of the other Messiahs. I am the Messiah, the consummate Messiah. I am God with you. I am God in flesh and blood. And that was too much for them. The Jew from Nazareth, the carpenter, claiming to be God himself. And they picked up stones to stone him. It's during the festival of Hanukkah that he waited to give them the clearest revelation of who he was. 
No better timing than that, right? There would be no better timing than the festival of Hanukkah to reveal who he was. It is apparent that Jesus desired to be in Jerusalem in the temple during this festival. He was seeking to fulfill it. He was seeking to fulfill the meaning of the very eight days of the celebration of light by coming to reveal, by coming to illuminate, coming to tell them who he was and is. Emmanuel, God with us. So when you read this verse in the future, understand what it means. Now Hanukkah was taking place in Jerusalem. It was winter. Jesus was walking around in the temple inside the porch of Solomon. You now have a context to understand why Hanukkah was so deeply important to Jesus. During the festival of light, the light comes. Where would you expect Jesus to be? It's the festival of light, and he is the light of God. Everything that this festival was about was summed up in him. He is God with us. He is the light and revelation of God for and to us. Where else do you think he would be? Right there, right in the middle of all the festivity, proclaiming, declaring, and revealing who he is. Jesus, the light of the world, invites all of us to come and follow him so that we don't have to walk in darkness. I want to encourage you to send your life in him, to let him give you light and understanding in your marriages, in your businesses, in your schools, and how to raise your kids, everything. Invite the light in. How you invest money, how you reach out to your neighbors, invite him in. He's the light of God. He will reveal to you God's will for how to live your life, how to exceed and excel in life, how to glorify him, how to love one another. This was important to Yeshua. And because it was important to him, it should be important to us who claim to follow him. That's why I want to encourage you this year, buy some Hanukkahs. Light up your house with them during the eight days of Hanukkah. Teach your children and teach them well who Messiah is. Jesus, the light of the world. Jesus, the light of God. Jesus, the revelation of all things to us. In him is our hope and our glory. I want to encourage you to invite friends over, eat and drink, sing and dance, for the light of the world has come. And yeah, I know what the governor has said. I have great hope that by Hanukkah, some of this will be lifted. If not, well, you know what? I know what I'm going to do in my home. And uh, you get to do what you're going to do in your home. I think we all know where that ends up, but I want to encourage you with that. This is the season of our glory, the season of our Messiah, the season of the light of the world. And I encourage you to enter into it 
in full strength, for he is worthy of all of our praise and glory forevermore. All right, Shabbat Shalom. That's it. That's my part two of this uh, particular series on Hanukkah. And so I'm going to go ahead and transition and have, uh, I believe, Alexia come forward to close this. No, we're going to have, oh, great. Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and his sons saying, this is the way that you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, may Yahweh bless you and keep you. May Yahweh make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May Yahweh lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And we add, in the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, the Prince of Peace, so they shall put my name on the children of Israel, and I will bless them. Receive now the name of Yahweh. <laughs> Ya er Yahweh ponavalecha, vihunecha, yisa Yahweh ponavalecha, vayasimlecha, shalom. Mishem Yeshua HaMashiach, Sarha Shalom, Shabbat Shalom.